Hey everyone, my name is Tetsuo or Tetsu. I tell scary stories, folklore, and many other types. However, instead of scary stories, in this episode, I want to bring awareness to these three cold cases in the Hmong community. If you have any clues or details that could help with these cases, links to the investigation department are in the description below. Case number one. The first cold case involves the death of two cousins, Sao and King Yang, both 17-year-old of Yuba County, California. On November 22, 2006, just a day before Thanksgiving, the two cousins and three friends went fishing at the Sutter Bypass. Sadly, same day Sao's body was recovered at the scene, King's body wouldn't be found until two days later. Though police deterred divers from the bypass due to, quote, dangerous conditions, unquote. Ka Yang, Kang's older brother, was able to snag Kang's body with a fishing line. The suspects are a group of five to six Asian males that were in a brown or tan SUV, similar to a Nissan Pathfinder or a Toyota 4Runner. However, later statements by the police department stated it was a white Ford F-150. King had plans to join the military right after high school. Specifically, he wanted to join the army. If these two were alive today, they would be in their early 30s. Currently, a small Hmong doll still stands on a bookshelf in the Sheriff J. Paul Parker's office, a constant reminder of this case. Case number two. On November 16, 2018, Chong Mo Yang was shot and killed while hunting at a public grounds, a Rose Lake State Game Area. Witnesses were identified via trail cameras around the area and through Facebook were able to locate the witnesses. However, there was little information that was provided by the witnesses. What little information we do know is that the killer might have taken Yang's gun in his backpack, which contained a very distinctive knife, the Hmong knife. Though it remains unknown if the killer has taken these items or if they disposed them, this case has remained cold ever since and the killer has yet to be found. Case number three. If I don't come back, come and look for me. These were the last words 17-year-old Hang Lee said to her brother on January 12, 1993. During the time of her disappearance, she was wearing a black leather jacket and a black t-shirt that had Skid Row printed on it. She was about 5 feet tall and about 90 pounds. Her bangs were dyed red at that time, which was pretty typical of teenagers of that era. However, what was not typical was her strong work ethic at such a young age and her devotion for her family. Hang's brother Kua said Hang was making $7 working at a local cafe in the St. Paul area and wanted to make more to help out the family. So the night she went missing, she was going to an interview with Mark Stevens Wallace, who operated a small painting business. The job was suggested by one of her friends, Nikki Lee, no relation, 
who worked for Wallace. The police interviewed Nikki as she was one of the last people to have seen Hang. Nikki stated that the last time she saw Hang, Hang was with a group of young men, but later recanted her story. Changing her story, she later stated that she and Hang went to the interview together, but she left Hang with Wallace, with Wallace claiming to Nikki that Hang was dropped off at the local cafe where Hang worked. Nikki stated she changed her story because she thought Hang might have ran away. Sadly, Nikki wasn't the only person thinking that. When Hang's family reported her missing to the police, they first chalked it up as a runaway teen, that she will be back. But of course, Hang never returned. The main suspect here is Mark Stevens Wallace, who has denied any wrongdoing. Wallace has a history of sex crime and as recent as 2016, held a woman hostage inside a hotel. The hostage said she was aware of the story of Hang and said Wallace stated, she entered my business and never came out, and that he would do to her what he did to the female in St. Paul. Today, Hang would have been 45 years old, sadly, and she is considered a missing persons case. However, the truth may be more than that. And the people who are involved with Miss Lee's missing case aren't talking. Thank you everyone for listening in on these code case stories. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to Tetsuo Tells a Story. You can find me on YouTube and podcast providers such as Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Do you have a story to tell? Is it scary? Or was there a code case that I missed? Please let me know and we can bring awareness to them. Thank you everyone for listening in. See you on the next episode.